And welcome to episode 59 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. The Bucks come back on the Rockets. We're going to break down Russell Westbrook's debut in H-Town. And then the Clippers blow out Golden State. How good are the Clippers right now and just how bad are the Warriors? And then Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings, they get it done on Thursday night. All that and much more here on episode 59 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the pod wherever you get your podcast these days. And then head over to YouTube and watch all of today's topics right over on YouTube. Give me all your takes on all of today's topics right down below in the comment section. So we've got lots to get into, so let's get right into it. Are you ready? Let's get it on. Russell Westbrook makes his debut for the Houston Rockets yesterday, dropping 24 points, but it was not enough. The Bucks spoiled the Brody's debut in H-Town. They were trailing 16 points in the game, and they come all the way back to beat the Rockets 117 to 111, and Giannis fouled out with 518 to play. That really opened the door for the Rockets to close the game, but the Bucks get the win. James Harden Rough night for the beard. He goes two for 13. Only two made field goals for James Harden. He was ice cold from beyond the arc. He goes one for eight from three-point land. But I'm telling you, the Houston Rockets, they lost the battle last night, but they won the war. You want to talk about a moral victory? The Rockets got a major one last night. And I'll tell you why in just a second. But here's James Harden right after the game. Nothing. I just, I, I didn't play well. Offensively, uh, the entire night, you know, uh, give them credit. They came back and played well in that second half, but uh, this one is on me. You know, just, I wasn't as aggressive enough, and, uh, you know, that's what it was. And here's James Harden talking about playing with Russell Westbrook for the first time since their Oklahoma City days. You see, everybody saw it tonight. You know, he's a, he's a different type of breed uh, on that court. Um, but, it's, I mean, it's game one, you know. Um, you know, we're not going to get to down. Even if we won, we're not going to get too excited. You know, we got a long journey ahead of us. So uh, the goal is to just continue to get better every single day. And um, you know, um, you know, it sucks to be the win game one, but we got 81 more. And then Russell Westbrook talked about playing with James Harden for the first time and his impressions of his first game as a Houston Rocket. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we can. Uh, we're gonna figure it out because. Uh, we were able to score at a high rate, um, defend. Um, I think we, we kind of got a little nicey days to go start the fourth. Um, but it's okay. It's good, man. It's, it's a great um, game to be able to figure out what we need to do moving forward, start the year. Um, it's a good team, so we're in the right direction. Feel great. Uh, feel good. Um, a lot of great guys in the locker room. Um, a good organization, and um, obviously James, known James for some time. so. Good to get on the floor, get a real one underneath that belt. Um, we obviously got some work to do because uh, we didn't win the game. But Now, why do I feel so good about the Houston Rockets despite the fact they blew a 16-point lead, despite the fact that James Harden couldn't get it going? It's because of what they got from Russell Westbrook. If they can get Russell Westbrook to shoot 42% from three like he did last night, he goes three for seven, and the way he pushed the pace was something we haven't seen from this Houston Rocket team in quite some time. It's something we haven't seen from a Mike D'Antoni offense in 
ages. They diversified their offense, and you saw it in game one. If you look at it, last season, James Harden scored fewer than 20 points on three occasions. The Rockets lost those three games by a combined 66 points, with each of them carrying a margin of at least 18 points. Last night, James Harden goes two for 13, one for eight, from three, and they almost beat the class of the Eastern Conference, a team that has, between him and Kawhi Leonard, the best player in the NBA. The Greek freak was freaking awesome last night. He had 30 points, 13 rebounds, 11 assists on 11 of 17 shooting, and the Rockets only lost by six points. Last year, that would have been a blowout. Last year, if James Harden didn't go off, they had a hard time winning, but yesterday, Russell Westbrook, four of seven in the fourth quarter. The rest of the Rockets, one of 15. 39 free throws for the Rockets last night, and a lot of those were created by Russell Westbrook. The real value in Russell Westbrook was the way he pushed the pace, the way that he was building that transition offense. It was a thing of beauty because Mike D'Antoni's transition offense had disappeared last night. Russell Westbrook brought that back for the Houston Rockets. Last night, the Rockets scored 27 huge fast break points, and last year, they averaged 12 per game. Last year, the Kings were first in the NBA and transition points with 20.9 per game, while the Milwaukee Bucks were the best at defending transition points at 11. So they get 27 transition points off the best transition point defense last year, and all that was thanks to Russell Westbrook. He was giving open looks for Eric Gordon, James Harden, and those are going to fall. And if you look at it too, the Rockets players last night, not named Harden, Westbrook, or Gordon, they went 9 for 21 from beyond the arc. So you had an egalitarian style of offense for the Rockets, and once they start figuring it out, this Rockets team is going to blow out teams all season long. I really love the Rockets after game one, even though they lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. Now you got Westbrook, the best rebounding guard the game has ever seen. Definitely the best rebounding point guard. Definitely the fastest point guard. The most athletic point guard in the history of the NBA. To me, you have Flash with Dr. Strange. I have James Harden as Dr. Strange because he's a magician with the basketball. The way he can dribble, the way he can get contact, his step back threes. He's a magician out there. And once they start groovy. Once they gel and learn to play together, this is going to be a lethal combination. I love what I saw from the Rockets, even though they lost. And the Clippers' hot start continued last night. They go up to the Bay, and Kawhi and company blow out the Warriors 141 to 122 in the first regular season game ever at the brand new Chase Center. The Chase Center, all the bells and whistles, the most state-of-the-art NBA arena in history. That arena had everything you could ever want except a win last night. They get blown out, and they got dominated throughout. Steph Curry, eight turnovers in the game. Draymond Green, D'Angelo Russell, no one really had a great game for the Warriors, and their defense was flat-out atrocious. An embarrassing effort by the Golden State Warriors last night, and Steve Kerr talked about it right after the game. I think the effort, for the most part, was there. I thought we got a little demoralized uh in the second half, you know, we battled in the first half, came back from, uh, you know, a big deficit early. And then uh, third quarter, you know, we, we started to get blown out and I, th I could see some heads hanging, but uh, the guys at the end, you know, closed the game playing hard and 
and that's uh, that's what we're going to have to stay on them about. Just the you know the the young guys on a night like tonight, which is going to happen again. I mean, this is not you know not a one-off. It's this is the this is the reality. There's going to be nights like this this year. So we, you got to play through it, and you got to keep fighting and keep getting better. And that's that's. And now we're going to find out just how good of a coach Steve Kerr really is. It's really easy when you have Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and you have such a talent advantage. Now, Steve Kerr here, I have a gift for you. It's called a whiteboard. You know, the thing you write plays on. You're going to have to draw up some plays. Probably hadn't done that much in his last couple years. Well, he's going to have to coach his butt off if he wants to get this team into the playoffs because last night they just did not look motivated. They did not look like they had that same energy that you saw the Warriors in their championship years. Of course, no Kevin Durant, no Klay Thompson, and a whole new look team, you were going to expect that, but to me it looked like the Warriors didn't have that same spirit, that same identity that they played with when they were at the Oracle. So look, the Oracle, the identity, Oakland, get hyphy, the Bay Area, it was all about Oakland, and then they win championships, make some money, and then what's the first thing they do? They go to San Francisco, and it looks like, hey, that crowd was not the same. That crowd was leaving early, and Pat Beverly made sure to let them know about it. Hey, 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 where y'all going? Hey, where y'all going? You a legend, bro. Hey, bro, I like that. And one thing I had my eye on last night was Steph Curry. Was Steph Curry going to get those open looks that we're accustomed to seeing him get? Is he going to get to the basket? And the answer was no. This Clippers defense was stifling. Perimeter, transition, they were all over the Warriors last night. And Draymond Green was not happy about the performance of the Golden State Warriors last night. Here's Draymond Green after the game. I think we had some good moments offensively, uh, a few. But I'm not a moral victory type of guy. I'm not leaving this game looking for something to build off on. We f sucked. And we got to get better. I'm not... I'm not a coach, so I'm not about to go watch a film and say, oh, well, we can build on this. I really don't give a damn about what we can build on. We suck tonight, and we got to get better overall, and that's just what it is. And Draymond Green, those are the sound bites that I'm here for. Keep those coming all season long. But if you heard what he said, it is what it is, and I agree with him. This Warrior team is what they are now, even when they do get Klay Thompson back, even if they do move D'Angelo Russell for someone, unless they can do something major like bring in Giannis or something of that magnitude, I don't see this Warriors team winning with this nucleus. I know that Clay is great. I know that Steph Curry is great, but they're not getting any younger. Next year, Steph Curry, that's another year on his body. He hasn't been the healthiest guy, and I want to see how long he can last this year with the defenses that you saw thrown at him like the Clippers were doing. They were all up in his grill, and I think that it is over. I think not only they leave Oakland and the Oracle. I think they left their championships with them in Oakland and in Oracle. I don't see this team winning a championship in San Francisco in the near future. I mean, just look at last night. The defensive effort was so bad. 46 points in the third quarter. Every single person on the Clippers scored. I was checking the box score to see if Doc Rivers got a couple assists, to see if Steve Ballmer hit a couple three-pointers, to see if Jerry West got a couple assists because the Warriors were letting everyone score, and defensively, they just don't have it. Now, my advice to the Warriors, I think the Warriors need to take a look in the mirror, understand they're not a contender, and they can't run 
Steph Curry into the ground this year. I know that a lot of people had Steph as a potential MVP candidate, but if I'm the Warriors, I say Clay's not coming back. If he does, it'll be late. I think that all that attrition, all those deep runs, you take this year off and you play him, but you got to be very careful of the wear and tear of those minutes because, look, the Clippers, they're a juggernaut. The Lakers are a juggernaut. The Rockets, Warriors aren't competing with those teams, so they need to step back and realize that they're not contenders anymore. Minnesota Vikings win again last night, beating the Washington Redskins 19-9 on Thursday night football, and Kirk Cousins continues to impress. Last night goes 23 for 26, only three incompletions, and two of those incompletions were when he threw it out of bounds. The other one was a drop pass. So Kirk Cousins, he's really answered the bell since getting called out by his former teammate, and I think that Kirk Cousins is going to win Player of the Month in the NFL. Here's Kirk Cousins right after the Vikings win. Please, where we're at. Um, you know, we, we could easily be worse. We could easily be better. We're 6-2. and two. Uh, I think we've got everything in front of us. And uh, we got to go out and, and, and prove it the second half of the season. But we've put ourselves in a position now where the second half of the season is going to be there for the taking. And, um, and so that's a really good thing. Now, Kirk Cousins' turnaround this year has been nothing short of remarkable. What he's done since week four has been outstanding. I don't just like it. I love it, Kirk Cousins, what you've been able to do since week four. Weeks one through four, he had a passer rating of 183.8. Since week four, 315.5. Touchdowns to interceptions, three touchdowns to two interceptions since week four, 10 touchdowns to just one interception, and then his passer rating, 88.6 in weeks one through four. Since then, 137.1. Kirk Cousins is getting it done, and I know everyone's what they're going to say. Kirk Cousins, yeah, he gets it done against lesser opponents. Let's see how he fares against elite competition, but hey, I like what I'm seeing so far. And then not only that, you have an elite running back in Dalvin Cook. If I had to pick between McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook right now, I'm going Dalvin Cook. More of a true running back, guy who can explode for big-time yardage. Here's Dalvin Cook right after the game. It just shows that we know how to pull a win out. Um, when you got a team like that that can just go out there and keep battling and keep fighting, just show you the toughness that's in this group. You know, that's the type of team Coach Zim likes. And he hop on that each and every day. Tough, smart, physical players. And today I think we showed that. And Dalvin Cook is really blowing up right now. Dalvin Cook, the league leader in rushing through seven, now eight weeks. He was elusive. He was ruthless with the football last night. 98 yards, 23 carries. And then he's so dangerous through the air. If you look at him in the screen game, he tallied 73 yards on five receptions, 171 total yards against Washington yesterday, and I really like what they have on offense. And another thing to feel really good about if you're a Vikings fan was Kirk Cousins exercising those primetime demons. You know Kirk Cousins struggles on this big stage. Last night, Thursday night football, no interceptions, 23 of 26, 285 yards. Now the issue with the, with the 
only thing that's holding back the Minnesota Vikings is one, Xavier Rhodes not playing very well. The secondary could really get better, but also that red zone offense. Last night, one for four in the red zone. You want to see them score when they get close to getting six, and I think that they're really starting to hum at the right time. I really like this Vikings team right now. Kirk Cousins is playing confident football. I think they can be a real threat to the Green Bay Packers in the NFC North. Their next game, they'll play the Chiefs, and Mahomes might not play. If he does or if he doesn't, will he be 100%? You get past that. And then they head to Dallas with a showdown. That's an NBC game, a Sunday night game at Cowboys. And then they host the Broncos. Then they get the bye week at Seattle, home against the Lions at Chargers, and they close it out with two straight home games against division rivals, the Green Bay Packers and the Bears. So they definitely the Vikings are in it here in the NFC North. Oh, Kirk Cousins, the guy that the Vikings fans were done with. They said, Kirk Cousins, we're not going to win with this guy, right? Started 0-2. Now they Vike him very, very much. And Kirk like Cousins, that? that's my like player that? of the month for October. At 0-2, the Vikings fans were like, Boo this man! Boo! And now to Kirk Cousins, they're like, You're my boy, Blue! So watch out for this Minnesota team. They got weapons on offense. Their defense continues to improve. And I like the Vikings, the way they're trending right now. I still, of course, have the Packers as my Super Bowl pick. But the Vikings are going to give them a run for their money in the NFC North. And before we wrap today, we're going to hit you with the Get More Sports Fact of the Day today. We're going to tell you about 1950 when Paul Brown, the Cleveland Browns head coach, was criticized for passing too much. So on December 3rd, 1950, against the Philadelphia Eagles with first place at stake, the Browns played the whole game without ever throwing a pass, and they won 13-7. There's never been an NFL game since when a team went through the entire game without throwing a pass. Paul Brown, the legend. But that is going to do it for episode 59 of the Get More Sports Podcast. As always, my name is Doug McCain. You can follow me at DMAC underscore LA. That's at DMAC underscore LA. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review the pod, and then head to YouTube and watch all the clips from today's show right over on YouTube. And give me all your takes right down below in the comment section. But that is going to do it. Enjoy your weekend, and I'm out.